Hello, everybody. Welcome back to What a Week. As always, I'm your host, Nick Gatlin. Here's all the news you need to know this week. The U.S. Department of Justice has identified Portland, among other cities, as a, quote, jurisdiction permitting violence and destruction of property. In a press release on Monday, September 21st, the DOJ said Portland has allowed the violence and property destruction, quote, to persist and have refused to undertake reasonable measures to counteract criminal activities. The identification was reportedly a response to a presidential memorandum reviewing federal funding to state and local governments that allow anarchy and violence. Attorney General William Barr said the department cannot permit federal tax dollars to flow into cities that allow violence. Quote, when state and local leaders impede their own law enforcement officers and agencies from doing their jobs, it endangers innocent citizens who deserve to be protected, including those who are trying to peacefully assemble and protest, Barr said. The criteria for evaluating each city is listed as follows. Whether a jurisdiction forbids the police force from intervening to restore order amid widespread or sustained violence or destruction, whether a jurisdiction has withdrawn law enforcement protection from a geographical area or structure that law enforcement officers are lawfully entitled to access, but have been officially prevented from accessing or permitted to access only in exceptional circumstances, whether a jurisdiction disempowers or defunds police departments, whether a jurisdiction unreasonably refuses to accept offers of law enforcement assistance from the federal government and a list of other criteria. New York City and Seattle were the two other cities identified in the release. The DOJ said the list could be periodically updated with new jurisdictions added. Oregon's State Board of Education took a big step this week toward banning hate symbols, including the Confederate flag, from the state's more than 1,200 public school buildings. The new policy, enshrined through a temporary rule called All Students Belong, also prohibits swastikas and nooses. Quote, the noose, Confederate flag, and swastika are being used to bully and harm students and staff, and this is particularly true for students of color, said Oregon Department of Education Director Colt Gill in a statement after the rule was approved. Quote, students must feel like they are safe and belong in their own schools if they are to learn, work, and grow to their fullest potential. Gill added it was the responsibility of education officials, quote, to make sure that all of our school communities feel safe and welcomed. The rule says it is state policy to ensure students, staff, and visitors can experience a public school environment that is safe and free from discrimination, harassment, and intimidation. It goes on to say that state law forbids, quote, discrimination in any public elementary, secondary, or community college education program or service where the program, service, school, or activity is financed by state tax dollars. In national news, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died on Friday at the age of 87 from complications from metastatic cancer of the pancreas. The court, in a statement, said Ginsburg died at her home in Washington, D.C., surrounded by family. Quote, Our nation has lost justice of historic stature, Chief Justice John Roberts said. We're, we... Quote, we at the Supreme Court have lost a cherished colleague. Today we mourn, but with confidence that future generations will remember Ruth Bader Ginsburg as we knew her, a tireless and resolute champion of justice. Just days before her death, Ginsburg dictated this statement to her granddaughter. Quote, my most fervent wish is that I will not be replaced until a new president is installed. The death of Justice Ginsburg has raised the profile of a case that marks the latest existential threat to the Affordable Care Act. The Supreme Court is scheduled to hear the case the week after the general election in November. 
Democrats are raising alarms about the future of the law without Ginsburg. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, speaking on ABC this weekend, said that part of the strategy by President Trump and Senate Republicans to quickly fill Ginsburg's seat is to help undermine the ACA. Quote, the president is rushing to make some kind of decision because November 10th is when the arguments begin on the Affordable Care Act, Pelosi said. He doesn't want to crush the virus. He wants to crush the Affordable Care Act. In December 2018, U.S. District Judge Reed O'Connor in Texas accepted the Republicans' argument in the case and declared the Affordable Care Act unconstitutional. And in December 2019, a three-judge Fifth Circuit Appeals Court panel in New Orleans agreed that the requirement to buy insurance is unconstitutional, but it sent the case back to O'Connor to suggest that perhaps the entire law need not fall. Democratic attorneys general defending the ACA asked the Supreme Court to hear the case this year, and the court agreed to take the case but scheduled arguments for the week after the November election. Without Ginsburg, the case could wind up in a 4-4 tie, even if Chief Justice Roberts supports the law's constitutionality, and that would let the lower court ruling stand, although it would not be binding on other courts outside the Fifth Circuit. With President Trump soon to nominate a successor to Justice Ginsburg, some Democrats have suggested packing the court or increasing the number of justices on the Supreme Court. Democratic leaders have long rejected the idea of backing the court in large part due to fears of Republican retaliation, but with Ginsburg's death and what many see as Republican hypocrisy in calling for a vote now after they refused to hold a hearing on Merrick Garland, the once radical idea has started to gain traction. Finally, in international news, Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny demanded Monday that Russia return the clothes he was wearing on the day he fell into a coma in Siberia, calling it a, quote, crucial piece of evidence in the nerve agent poisoning he is being treated for at a German hospital. In a blog post on Monday, Navalny said the nerve agent was found in and on his body and said the clothes taken off him when he was hospitalized in Siberia a month ago after collapsing on a Russian flight are, quote, very important material evidence. Quote, I demand that my clothes be carefully packed in a plastic bag and returned to me, the 44-year-old politician and investigator wrote. Navalny, Russian President Vladimir Putin's fiercest critic, fell ill on a domestic flight to Moscow on August 20th, was brought to a hospital in the Siberian city of Omsk, and was transferred to Germany for treatment two days later. A German military lab later confirmed that the Russian politician was poisoned with Novichok, the same class of Soviet-era nerve agent that Britain said was used in 2018 on a former Russian spy and his daughter in England. In a statement Monday, Navalny attacked Russian authorities for not launching a criminal probe into what happened for him. Quote, there is no criminal case in Russia. There is a preliminary inquiry regarding the fact of hospitalization. It looks as if I didn't fall into a coma on a plane, but rather tripped in a supermarket and broke my leg, Navalny wrote. That's all the news for this week. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>